0: Thank God for the good singing, huh? The choir sang, God's bigger than all my problems, all my confusion, than any mountains I can or cannot see. Andrew sang, for I know he'll make a way. That's exactly what I'm going to preach on this morning. How nice it is when the song leaders don't know what the preacher's gonna preach and the preacher don't know what they're gonna sing. But before it's all said and done, it's a match. The Holy Spirit of God. That's why we don't have a program here, because God is the program, the Holy Spirit is going to order whatever he wants for each and every service. And if we've got enough sense to listen to the Holy Spirit, then we'll have glorious services. And you know what else? People will get help. People will get a lot of help. And today, a lot of people need a lot of help. If you have your Bible, turn to Psalms, the 61st division, Psalm 61, it's right in the middle of your Bible, just open it up and it's going to be right there, page 907 in mine. Good luck. All right, Psalm 61, verses 1 through 3, hear my cry, O God, attend unto my prayer. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For thou hast been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in thy tabernacle forever. I will trust in the shelter of thy wings. Selah. I want to also welcome our visitors this morning and also welcome those that are joining us via live stream. Those of you that are out there, if you have a heavy burden, if you have a heartache, you've come to the right place at the right time. Let me give you a little background. David, at this time in his life, is in much affliction. He's on the verge of being overwhelmed. He's a king who has been betrayed by his son, Absalom. One of the greatest burdens is when your own blood turns on you. And he's running from an insurrection started by Absalom. He's running for his life. His throne is on the verge of being hijacked. David has been in many dangers throughout his life. Saul often tried to nail his body to the wall with a javelin. Other kings have tried to overthrow his kingdom, and now his son wants his blood, wants to mortally wound his father, and a sense of being overwhelmed is beginning to smother him. Let me ask you something. Have you been overwhelmed lately? I've never seen a time when there's so many people in so many places, in so many positions, from the top to the bottom that are overwhelmed, don't know what to do, don't know what to say, don't know which way to turn. And today, America has become one big heartache. And all a lot of parents do today is go to the funerals of their own children, their own relatives, their own loved ones. So here we have David crying out passionately unto God. He's crying out from the end of the earth... He's far away from his throne and that beloved Jerusalem, and he's far away from the Ark of the Covenant where the Holy of Holy is, where God's presence dwells. David says in verse 1, Hear my cry, O God, attend to my prayer. There's a striking difference between the one who goes to church, checks all the boxes, makes a showing... And the true believer who loves God has God's spirit in him and has been truly born again. The unfortunate thing that's going on in America and it's, it's growing. People have religion. But Jesus didn't come to bring a religion he came to bring a relationship with God. He come to bring something that's real, something that's alive. He come to bring us a life. And we have so many people from the top to the bottom. And you ask them if they're saved, and whatever, and all they can say is, I'm a Catholic, I'm a Protestant. Well, being either of those don't save you. Salvation makes you a member of the family of God. If you haven't had your heart changed, then you need a change. And religion will not satisfy you. I'll just throw that in for what it's worth. So here's the striking difference. Some people are religious and some are saved. The formalist, like the Pharisee, is content with having prayed... But the true believer has a holy discontent until he has an answer from God. There's a difference there, folks. Just saying, now I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep. God's either real or he's not real. He's either alive in your heart or he's not alive in your heart. And don't let religion come along and fool you. Don't let them give you a label, give you a title, give you some uh, uh, years in a religion, longevity. Salvation and the Holy Spirit of God is what keeps your soul alive. And nothing short of that. The things of God... To the true believer, they must be real. They, they, they cry unto God. They unburden their heart. They look to God. They declare their dependence upon God. And it, it almost puts God under an obligation to be real to them. And He is. You know what we're missing? We're missing that holy discontent. And we've totally lost the fear of God. And the holy discontent is what drives us. And it drives us harder and harder. To be more like Jesus. It drives us to want the reality of knowing God. It drives us to wanting that intimate relationship with God. And so many people who claim to be religious in America, they don't know anything about it. And so, too often, a lot of people act like their troubles are absent. And sin is normal. Instead of acting like Jesus is present to help us overcome all our troubles and to be able to climb over all our valleys or mountains and walk through all our valleys. I'm afraid we give up too soon on receiving answers to our prayers. And I say to that, away with it. We are Christians, and Christians expect answers from God. I can't tell you how many times I've asked God, and you have as well, for direction. Being a pastor, I've had to ask God for what to do, what to say, what to preach, and out of nowhere... Something will come into my mind that I'm not even thinking about. Some notes I took back there, a scripture comes to my mind, and the next thing I know, I'm going in that direction, and how wonderfully the things begin, begin to come together. There was times I, I didn't know what to preach. I didn't know where to turn. And getting direction for the services and all the demands that a pastor has to deal with can be overwhelming at times. But I can't tell you how that still, small voice, just out of nowhere, brings something to my mind. And once I pick up the scent and I know what scripture to start digging into, then I start to get my wings. And I'm flying again. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. And if we believe God does not answer prayers, then let me tell you something. You wandered into the wrong religion. Our God is alive. His grave is the only grave that's empty. People say all the time, well, how, how do I choose which God is right? Bula and Allah and Muhammad and this one and Swani Prabhupada and bar and all those crazy people. Just answer the question, whose grave is empty? Who rose from the dead? Who was alive after death? Who came back and brought the Holy Spirit to us? The answer is simple, the king of kings, our Lord Jesus Christ. We must be careful not to accept this fatalistic approach to God, this whatever will be, will be, keserah, keserah. Take the sovereignty of God out of the picture, and you're going to end up having a free-for-all just like we're having out there. And you're going to end up being in a lot of confusion. What do you mean confusion? Well, you're not going to know the difference between a man or a woman. You got to, you're not going to know that same-sex marriages are wrong. You're, you're not going to know that uh, adultery and, and all the sins that God mentions in his word are wrong take God out of the picture, take the sovereignty of God out of our lives, you have nowhere to go except one place. You're going to go to hell. And nobody really wants to do that. And in the case of our text, how wonderfully God moved on David's situation and delivered David. Do you know why God delivered him? He was overwhelmed. Didn't know what to do. Didn't know where to go. His son was trying to hunt him down like a dog. But the reason God answered the prayer and delivered him, catch this, is because David prayed. But he prayed for real. He was in earnest. So don't give up on your children, your marriage, your walk with God, our country. Things get resolved because God's people prayed. So my first admonition is keep on praying, keep on believing, and going after God with a passion, just like David in Psalm 61. Here's something to think about. The end of prayer is the end of man. When you lose that instinctive innate something in you that God put in you called eternity and you no longer pray because you no longer think there's a God out there, it's over for you. This culture wants Christianity to be dissolved, to be wiped out and wiped away. That's why we must give up, must never give up on praying. Here we find David in absolute earnest. He's crying out to God for answers, for help. He knows rituals and ceremonies may appease some, but the children of God who are in a living experience with God They won't rest until their prayers enter into the ears of God. Listen to David. Listen to these two words. Hear, my God. Attend unto my prayer. David was saying, God, give it consideration. And answer as your wisdom sees fit. You always have to add that. Lord, not my will, but thine be done. Because you might be the one that's behind the trouble that I'm in. You might be the one that's behind all the confusion that I'm in. And the reason you're behind that is because you're trying to draw me closer to you, but I can't see it. Therefore, thy will be done. What a confrontation what a what a comforting thought it is to know the lord hears the cry of his children at all times and he's never forgetful of our prayers whatever else fails to move god praying never spent in vain you're not spending idle time when you're praying to god Don't ever believe that you can be in a place where God can't hear your prayers. That's when you're overwhelmed. When you believe that your situation is so bad that even God can't hear you. There may be an end to the earth, but there will never be any place that will put any of us outside of the range of God's ear and heart. God will always be within call of every crying heart. There's no situation. There's no life. There's no spot that is so deep or dirty. No condition is too deplorable, whether it be the world's end or the life's end. The prayer of a desperate cry is more than equally up to the task of delivering a soul. Sometimes all our prayers need is resolve. They need determination, which is the greatest nation in the world. You need to be adamant. You need to sense the urgency. That fear of God needs to be there. It was a wise choice because if David chose not to pray... And there's many people that are giving up on it. He would have become a victim of despair. He never dreamed of calling upon any other God. He says, when my heart is overwhelmed, when the big blows in life knock me down, when your heart is torn, it's not easy to pray. But tribulation, trouble, brings us to God and brings God to us. The providence of God can turn afflictions and heartaches into our direction to draw us closer to him. We know how easy it is to get careless with our souls. We know how easy it is to forget the things of God. We know how easy it is that it requires some stamina and some effort to reciprocate with God. We're laborers together with God. There's God's side and there's our side and we both need to connect. Do you know that your troubles and my troubles sometimes, probably more times than not, are ordained by God. You know how easy it is to get all wrapped up in this world and to get wrapped up in secular life and to get wrapped up in this, that, and the other? And you know what? None of those things are illegitimate. But they're pleasing to the flesh. And this world has a way of subtly pulling us away from the things of God, not really realizing judgment may be at the door, your door, my door. Here's a couple of scriptures, some of my favorite scriptures in the Psalm. Psalm one nineteen sixty seven. You ought to write these two down. Before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now I have kept thy word. Verse 71. It is good for me that I have been afflicted. A better word says, it is good for me that I have been punished, that I might learn how to obey God. You see... I I hear Brother Wilson right now. I can see him holding the book up and looking at the people and saying, God would much rather that you listen to this. But if you won't listen to this, you'll listen to pain. You'll listen to heartache. You'll listen to sorrow. God's going to get your attention because it's his will that none perish but all come to salvation. So if you're going through trouble all the time, don't play the part of a wounded deer, of a victim. Just stop and look at the mirror, look in the mirror and say, God, did trouble come into my life because I can't get to church and I can't read my Bible anymore and I can't pray and I no longer think about serving you? And the mirror will answer you. Yes. When we read the Psalms, we find common experiences of enduring ups and downs in life and how our faith and relationship with God is impacted. This Psalm gives us some pointers to bring us peace and hope and, and, and strength again, especially when we're feeling overwhelmed. We can cry out unto God. Because God does not look down on us when we're crying, when we're in despair, when we're overwhelmed, and God sees that we really need him, then he doesn't look down with judgment. He doesn't look down harshly when we come to him with our tears and our worries and our sorrows and our failures. God loves it when we declare our dependence upon Him. And the reason we should do that is because God hears us. God created us to be intimate, to be in intimate relationships with Him. And one of the ways we deepen our relationships with God is through prayer, simply talking to God. The Lord's hand is not short, neither is ear too heavy that he cannot hear the faintest cry of his children. When's the last time you really cried out to God? When's the last time you really felt your, your desperate need of God? You see, when everything's going okay and You got food on the table and clothes in the closet and and, uh, stuff in a refrigerator and you got this, you got that and and, and the good life. But Deuteronomy warns the people when you go into the Canaan land and you live in houses you didn't build and, and you're drinking from wells you didn't dig. Be careful you don't forget God. And that's what's happening in America, a sea of prosperity, a sea of pleasure, a sea of fun and joking and laughing. But they forgot God, and now our our kids are getting killed in the streets. Hundred thousand of them a year are dying of drugs. And we got leaders that are still keeping the borders open. What happens when you forget God? You get dumb real dumb and then you bring a lot of heartache and a lot of misery if God is interested in anything that troubles us God is interested in anything that troubles us don't make any difference what it is discouragement, weariness, faint heartedness anything when you're struggling with something, you have a difficulty, whether it's large or small. God's interested because he, he wants to be wanted. He wants you to depend on him, just like a baby depends on a mother. God loves that. God loves it when we let him know we need his help. Be it direction for our lives, strength to go through trials or heartaches or grace to stand up against our enemies. Listen to David in verse 3. For thou hast been a shelter for me and a strong tower from thy enemy. How many times do we feel like we're on our own? We're in a fight all by ourselves. The truth is the sovereignty of God. And the eyes of the Lord knows exactly where his church is, exactly where his children are. And nothing can happen except God allows it to happen. And sometimes he allows it because he's trying to get our attention because the normal preaching never seemed to get our attention. If ever you're hitting on eight cylinders... It better be when the word of God is being preached. It's in black and white. How many times have we felt like we were abandoned by God, but the truth is we never were? We sing the song, don't we? Through it all. Through it all, I have learned to trust in Jesus. I learned to trust in God. Through it all, I have learned to depend upon his word. Through what all? Trouble. Hardships. Adversities. Struggles. Enemies. God knows what he's doing. That's why you got people out here, these little buttercups and wallflowers, you can't say anything to them. If you call a he or she and he thinks he's a he or a she and you get the wrong pronoun, somebody wants to put you in jail. Somebody wants to slit your throat. We can't take a punch anymore in America. America. Amen. Don't fall for all that garbage. That's exactly what it is. It's garbage. But it's got an agenda. Wants to put a gag order on me. And put a gag order on you. Wants to take away our freedom of speech. Wants to take away our opinion. And when we remember God's faithfulness and strength that he gave us through our trials and tribulations, you know what happens? We find confidence in his reliability to move us through those valleys of the shadow of death, through those moments of fears and doubts, and anything else that can come up against us. You're looking at somebody this morning who experienced God's grace and strength three and a half months ago when my wife of 52 years left this world. I can't even tell you I would be here right now if it weren't for the strength and the grace and the lift that God gave me the stamina the strength i found part of me died i didn't have a lot of energy i didn't have a lot of stamina that's why if you got a good wife a good husband a good companion you better you better share quality time with one another because it can be taken away from you in a moment. And if you don't have God, you're going to get swept away. What do you mean? You'll start drinking. You'll start going to drugs. You'll start looking into the world for answers. There's no answers out there. The fool has said in his heart, no God for me. The world is a ship of fools. Don't join the fool parade. And there's a lot of them. Now look at verse 4. I will abide in thy tabernacle forever. I will trust in the shelter of thy wing. In other words, I will be faithful to worship you, O God. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go up into the house of the Lord. God created us in his image and likeness. He designed us to have an innate longing to know him and be in a relationship with him. We have many enemies Now listen carefully. We have many enemies that are trying to keep us away from God. But the truth is, we were made to serve God. We were made to worship God. We were made to be like God. So God sent God down into the world in the form of his son and was in a human body. So we would know how to act like God. We wouldn't know how to act like God if God didn't walk around and demonstrate a life of no sin and no malice. We wouldn't be able to connect with God unless there was a human body speaking that language. God knew what he was doing. For God so loved you, and he so loved me, and he so loved this world. He gave his only begotten son. If you want to put it in the right context, you that have mothers on your lap, or mothers under your arm, or have children, go ahead and try to just give your world for a bunch of crazy people out there like they are. You couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Because we don't have the love of God in us like God had in Him while we were sinners. He died for us, church. My God, I feel like preaching. But this is going to be one of my shortest sermons. I'm closing. I really am. Sure, Pastor. God bless you. Now listen. Things are in a sad state of affairs. And how very, very, very sad God in America from the very tops of our authorities to the very bottom, God in America has become the most misunderstood person in the world. What used to be a Christian nation, what built this nation on some of the principles of God's word. But God to America... Is the most misunderstood person. That's why people walk alone. I'm a Catholic. I'm a Protestant. God's too loving to send anybody to hell. Oh, God loves everybody. You, you church people are too too narrow. God is love and. All the gay community love one another. You better wake up. You better wake up and stand up instead of putting your head in the sand and then the biggest part gets kicked in the rear end. It's time for the church to rise and shine. That's why they're getting away with all this stuff. Intimidation. And the whole time, the whole time that they're carrying on and becoming more rebellious and more lawless, judgment is at the door. Amen. Amen. Preach the word, Brother Tony. Preach the word. I am telling you the truth this morning. Only because it's God's word, not my word. God gives us a spiritual heritage. Listen to this. For thou, O God, hast heard my vows. Thou hast given me the heritage of those that fear you. God gave us something precious. The previous generations, 200 years or so of them, they gave us a heritage. A precious faith. Those who passed the torch down. Our mothers, our fathers, our grandparents, our teachers, the sacrifices, the prayers, the tears. They dumped it all in our laps. There's no greater blessing than that of those who come to believe in God and pass that on to us to love God just like they did. One of the things that moved me the most was my mother. When she would come out for 41 years to the camp meeting and I had my studies here and I, I could see right into the guest bedroom and my mother was in her was in her 90s. Died at 94. And at 94, she was down on her knees praying, and I could look right in there and I can hear her. Something was passed on to me that made an impression. Now, what are you doing? with your mother's heritage or your father's heritage? What are you doing with what's been passed down from other generations to us and they passed it down at the cost of their blood? You're going to walk away? You can't take anything in this world with you. You're going to walk away and leave the heritage untouched? You are an ingrate. When people who loved you more than anything else in the world left their heart and soul, where would we be had it not been for those who passed down the torch on us Their prayers, their faithful worship, their godly example. It gave us a chance to survive. Look at verse 6, 7. I'm closing. God heard David's prayers and increased David's life. That will prolong the king's life and his years as many generations. Mercy and truth shall preserve us, save us. Justin, you can come. Verse 8. David says, so will I sing praises unto thy name forever. Unceasing praise is a delight unto the Lord. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. So whatever you're going through, dear heart, you are near to God and God is near to you. Look at David's petitions. Look at his resolve. Verse 1, hear my cry. I will cry unto thee. I will abide in thy tabernacle. I will trust in your protection. And I will sing praises unto your name. When the storms of life hit you, when the slumps and the bumps discourage you, when the trials overwhelm you, when fears grip your mind, cry out with David this morning, lead me to the rock that's higher than I. What I love about the Psalms, many of them start out with crying. But they all end up with singing. Ain't that just like our God? David starts out, Hear my prayer, O God. I'm overwhelmed. And before the psalm is over, I will sing praises forever unto you. He came in crying and he went out singing. How did you come in here? Did you come in here, Burton? Did you come in here crying? You can go out singing. Did you come in here discouraged? You can go out being happy again. Did you come in here with a broken heart? You can go out with a fixed heart. That's if you find the right church. They're not all preaching what they ought to preach. But thank God for the churches in America whose altars are alive and the message is alive and the pew is alive. This is the text America needs to hear. Our nation is weeping in despair with broken hearts every day. And thank God in America there are still churches whose altars are turning night into day and darkness into light and sorrow into joy. Isaiah had it right when he prophesied about what Jesus came to do. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, and to appoint unto them in Zion those that mourn to give them beauty for ashes, and the oil of joy for mourning, and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness that's out there, That they might be called trees of righteousness. And this is what we all want. We want to know. We came into the house of God this morning. And you want to know. Preacher. Preacher, can God really turn me around? Can he really fix my heart? Can he really turn my life? Can he really get my mind straight? Can he really turn my sorrow into joy? You betcha. You betcha. Well, thank God. Thank God. I beat that little round monster on the wall. Thank God we can look at the psalm and learn the secret of turning crying into singing. And the thing we see is before David's crying was turned to singing, it was turned to praying. Scarcely had David begun with, hear my cry, O God, when immediately he adds, attend unto my prayer. His crying turned instinctively to praying. And you know what happened? David spilled his tears right into the lap of God. When's the last time you did that? When's the last time you dumped it all on God? And at that moment, he couldn't praise God, but he could pray, and pray he did. The altars are opened. God is watching and waiting, and he saw every single heart that came in here this morning And all of you that are out there via live stream, God sees your heart as well. He knows exactly what's going on. And he sees it because he wants to help you. So the altars are open. God is watching and waiting. Who needs to pray? Come. Come, and you'll see for yourself, and that's the best evidence. You'll see for yourself what God can do. The day I got saved, my grandmother called the Italian, the Reverend Carapini. I was going to Korea. She thought we were going to war. And she called the minister over. I didn't know it, and I was in the kitchen, and I had all kinds of issues going on. I was nothing short of crazy. And I was in between leaving the States and going to Korea for 18 months. And she called him in, and she's a fox, my grandmother. She started speaking Italian. But every once in a while, I heard about Tone, a Tone. And I knew she was talking about me, but I didn't know what was going on. And then Reverend Carabini says, Tony, can you come in here for a moment? He said, how would you like to get saved? It hit me like a ton of bricks. But I was so ashamed because it was public. I knelt on the couch, they prayed, and he left. But I knew I didn't get it. But I went into my room, and I closed the door. And this is exactly what I said. I said, God, I don't even know if you're, if you're there. I don't know if there's a God. I don't know if there's Jesus. I don't know nothing. But whoever you are, whatever you are, I want to be saved. And the presence of God filled up that room. And I was on my knees, and I could feel it. And I turned around. I thought I would see him. I didn't see him, but I felt him. And he saved me. And that was 50-something years ago. And I can't, I shudder to think where I would be or what I would be. And then I knew for myself That God was real. And he's been real through the aid of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit kept me connected to God for over 50 years. And that's what he wants to do for some of you this morning. Not that you're bad people. But you need to reconnect. You need to find out some things for yourself. And the altar is filled with good things that God has for every one of us. God bless you. If you need to pray, you come on. God bless you. We're going to sing, leave it with you. Answer that question from your heart. good question can you call him
1: your friend how long has it been since you knew that he
0: cared God bless you Darrell Tim pray with Darrell please he's a good brother It just takes a little more time for you to get the message, church. God bless you, little John. You can have a seat on the front altar. There's others. I knew God gave me a message for this morning. On the pew. Amen. And would keep you Come on. There's others. Those of you joining us live stream, you might be in the privacy of your own home. It'd be easier for you to fall to your knees and ask God to help you. God's not limited by geography or miles. He's right where you are all the time. God bless your heart this morning. There's others in this audience. The Lord made that plain to me. I don't necessarily know who, but he made it plain. And he gave me a message that I was ready to throw into the can. I said, Lord, it's just too simple. And the Spirit of God kept urging you preach. I'll do the talking. You preach. Don't let this message from the Lord get away from you this morning. How long's it been? God bless your heart. sing one more verse and leave it with you. You come down. Come on down. You can sit, sit with your husband. Come on, sweetheart. Support him. There's others. Young people. Serve God while you're young. Mr. Donna, come on up, and dismiss us.
1: Can you call him your friend? Oh how long has it been since you knew that
0: he came? Here's a mother that's burdened you. Here's a mother that's troubled. But here's a mother that knows how to pray and knows how to get a hold of God. And I had a good mother. And had she not got a hold of God, I may not have gotten a hold of God. And you've had good mothers. What a shame to leave this world and leave that heritage alone. One more verse, she's going to pray. This is for the benefit anybody needs a little more time. You don't even have to come down. Raise a hand. If you need help, just raise a hand letting God know I need help. And we'll just pray. Nobody needs to know your business. For some of you it's been a long time I can tell you It's
1: been a long time He'd answer you and would keep you the Lord night through how long has it been God bless your heart since you
2: Sister Donna comes and dismisses the service. I just want to yesterday I was telling Troy yesterday. I said, "You know, I was at the restaurant this morning, and so all I could do was bow my head and cry for our nation and for people. I've seen so many kids, young people, that I work with, just in recent weeks, that slipped out of this world. 19, 20, 21 years old from drug overdoses and those sorts of things. I've worked with several men, old men, same thing. But God knows all those situations. But one of the bright spots on the job last week, there was a young, or was a lady that was cleaning the trailer and she didn't know I was going to be coming back in there for the tools and stuff that I needed. And she had. When I walked in there, there was the King James Version gone of the, of the "Thou shalt nots" and all that stuff in the Bible. Stuff is basically embarrassing to sit down, you know, with mixed company and listen to. But that's what this world needs to get back to. We need to get back to those old things. So if you if you've never young people or anybody else just get back into that old God's law what he wants our nation what he wants people to be you know and and allow that that knowledge has left our nation and it needs to come back it needs to come back to to uh, us in a greater way even. so I just pray for our nation pray for souls this morning and, and uh, we just ask God that, you, that he'll be with us Throughout the rest of the week, go ahead, sister.
3: Let's pray, Heavenly Father, as we humbly bow before you today. We just want to thank you one more time for a message of truth, dear God, in the memory of a heritage, the memories of ones who have gone before us live faithful godly lives dear lord that preserve the way for us dear lord that we can walk perfectly and uprightly before you we're thankful dear god for all the blessings lord a faithful people dear god who worked honored and served you Lord it's lively stones dear God that we can build upon Lord and Father I pray dear God that you would help us in this day with each and every one of us God that we would purpose in our heart dear God to draw closer to you dear Lord to make a greater effort dear God to be what you would have us be Heavenly Father that we wouldn't get weary we wouldn't get tired dear God sometimes it's prayers are long prayed and still have yet to be answered. And help us, God, not to get weary in well-doing, but help us, God, to press and press and press, dear God, until the answers come, dear God. And help us, dear God, to live vibrant, holy lives, dear God, that we could make a difference, Lord. And Father, that we could influence someone somewhere to follow you, dear God. It's why we're here. It's why that you put this gift of salvation in us dear God to turn around dear Lord and try to rescue someone else and help us Lord through the troubles and the trials and the stress of the day that we would never forget that dear God that we would always Lord be about your kingdom dear God and be a light shining dear God in this generation dear God we pray Lord that you'll be with the many needs Lord that was brought dear Lord people who need prayer dear God for sick bodies dear God those Lord who need help Lord in their homes with their children with lost family whatever the need may be we pray God that you'll minister to each and every one we pray God that you'll dismiss us Lord from this service and help us to carry this message in our heart throughout the week dear God and and help us Lord wherever there may be lacking in our lives dear God that we'll be honest and humble before you and that Lord we'll take care of it that we'll draw closer to you dear God we pray dear God for our revival meeting that's coming up Lord this is a perfect way to prepare for it and we pray God that you would help us Lord Father we ask that you would give us souls for our labors we pray dear God that you would dismiss us dear God go with us this week keep your hand upon us Lord we pray we ask it Father in your name Amen